Hi, I'm David Herskovitz, and you're listening to Light Culture, brought to you exclusively by Burb, where cannabis clothing and culture intersect. Based in Vancouver, Canada, Burb strives to build on the city's legacy of cannabis tolerance and its gift to the world, BC Bud. Follow us on Instagram, at ShopBurb, and subscribe to this podcast at shopburb.com forward slash lightculture. The Rickster, a.k.a. The Lazy Hustler, a.k.a. The Individualist, a.k.a. Ricky Powell, a man of many names and a singular talent. When you roll up all those personas, and some that haven't even been named yet, you get a celebrated street photographer who's become a personality in his own right. You might remember him as the nerd in the Beastie Boys You Got to Fight for Your Right to Party video, a song he hates, by the way. It was during his time palling around with the Beasties and Run DMC that he shot many of the iconic images he's known for today. Though his photos are dope, his stick is well-suited for the podcast media. As you will hear, he definitely talks the talk, much of it using his own lingo and slangology. His slideshows with accompanying repartee have delighted fans around the world. Rickster is also widely recognized for his numerous collabs from sneaker companies to vapes. His reputation as one of cannabis culture's true OGs well-established at this point. I love the idea of just wilding out and taking pictures and just having fun, he says, making what motivates him clear for anyone who wants to know. Though he's very of the moment, he's also a retro nerd who carries a transistor radio tuned to a classic jazz station. Whether taking pictures of Easy e or working for pot delivery service and selling weed to Method Man, Ricky, by any name, is one funny dude who gets around takes photos, and gets photographed himself, often holding an invisible jazz cigarette, his default pose. All right, so my guest today is Ricky Powell, Rickster Powell, Oof. a.k.a. the Lazy Hustler, a.k.a. International Playboy Bum. Am I leaving anything out? Yeah. What? What am I leaving out? The Individualist also happens to be the name of a book, a recent book, one of his four or five books. Six. Six? Oh, I'm behind. See, Individualist, that's what I go by. All right, so where do these names come from? What's the lazy hustler? Hmm, well, that's me, exactly how I live, you know. I got to hustle, but I'm, you know, always like, ah, man, I got to get up and put my pants on, go here. You know, it's just kind of funny, just curmudgeon-like. It's like an axion, when two opposite start, words. When did you start using it? As, uh, That's a good question. Maybe 10 years ago? What was the inspiration? Was it I don't know. What social are you, media? What are you, David Suskind now? <laughs> don't age yourself. I don't know. Listen, every day is just as soon as if I have stimuli come into my head. I don't know, all kinds of shit. Oh. You're a lot of curse here, man. Oh. A lot of do it. So. It's a family show, though, no? No, no. All kinds? All kinds. Oof. Ooh. We're in the um, <sighs> adult. Yo, I'm so happy to be here with you, Dave. You invited me out because we have a history. We go way back to 85, maybe even a little before, but in 85, you were gracious to put me on your, your team, Paper Magazine. You were up in a loft on Lisp Bernard, a couple of kooks, colorful, artsy kooks. And, you know, you brought you embraced me and gave me, you know, a gig and you turned me 
helped turn me from Joe Schnook to like the photographer, downtown scene photographer. Yeah, we used to do the party pictures, right? Yes. Back then? Yeah, party. I used to shoot Club. those too. Uh-huh. Well, it's good. It's fun. You know, shooting, taking pictures while you're partying. That's what Can't be. I strive to be in life. That's what I'm still Who doing. Who were some of the people around then that you Oh, my God. Duke. Hubert D. Givenchy. Ooh la la. <laughs> he was cool at the Palladium, but, you know, all kinds. Queen of the scene, Debbie Harry, Basquiat, uh, Cindy Crawford. I don't know, dude, there's zillions, dude. So this help you meet girls? and. Well, meeting girls was a uh, perk. I was really just having fun. I loved the idea of just, like, wilding out and taking pictures and just having fun. And then, you know... That was basically it, because, you know, the mid-'80s were, you know, grimy. <laughs> but you're still doing it. I mean, I recently— What, still being grimy? Yeah, still being <laughs> grimy. And uh, you're a big activist on Instagram. Oh, you're dip. Of, of, active, oh, I'm active. Yeah, yeah you're active fun. on Instagram, and I follow you. Oh, dip. You with Lee, so now I feel like I know— Cool. For example. You like seeing me doing well, percolating, oh, totally. thriving yeah, creatively? Mm -hmm. Love it. Good, me too. It's a great outlet for you. Yes, indeedy. And I Definitely. Because you know what? I always used to have rolls of film sitting around for years because after I took a picture, but now I could post it right up. I love that. Yeah, you don't have to develop. And right. That's what I just said. <laughs> You're a Jake off. What am I talking to you for? <laughs> so you were recently in Amsterdam. I see you oh, traveling a lot. Yeah, I mean, days. international dukes. Recognize. Had a nice show, yo. I couldn't believe it, Duke. The owner of the gallery was so cool, you know, definitely gangster, but so polite, soft-spoken, humble. And not only did he own the gallery, he owned one of the, the best coffee, old coffee cafes with the weed and the space cakes and just totally. And guys, adult, me and my teammate, Tono, we came, we came along. We were, the show was called the Rickford Institute of Street Photography. So... You know, it was his first showing ever. Do you smoke weed? Are you? <laughs> Since the Dead Sea was alive, what are you? <laughs> Go tell us. So, so anyway, show was dope. I kilted it, you know, with my I gracious, know. you know, I love Was this. it a photo sh a show? Exhibit, or a yeah, photo. No, nah, I didn't do the live slideshow, but that's, you know, it depends on uh, the venue, the people. But yeah, I love doing my live slide. The, the world famous, oh wait, the world in parentheses, be free, end of parentheses, famous slideshow. Get it? World be free? Yeah. You're used, from Brooklyn. He used to be a basketball player. Didn't you used to play against him in Canarsie? Hello, yeah. Now, basketball, playground basketball was, you know, a big part of my early life when I was a, in my teens, mid to late teens, into my early 20s. Well, in I, the village is where you lived? Yeah. yeah. Honed my game at PS41 Schoolyard on Greenwich Avenue and West 4th Street. Like, I used to hang at the at the half cage at West 4th as a runt. It was a different world from the full court. They have, it had its own ecosystem. I used to just go there for the whole weekends when I was like 9, 10, 11. You're playing or just Yeah, I was a little phenom. Were you smoking weed then already? Not yet. I started at 11, actually. I started pinching uh, my mom's Mexican weed that she kept in the vegetable bin of the refrigerator. <laughs> You know, that's what every Did you know you were pitching did. it? Um, no. No? I did it very, you know, constructively, not to be greedy. So what? how your mom was uh, 
cool with it for herself or friends or what? She always smoked weed. My mom, listen, me and my mom is a very untraditional family life in the village. I always called her by her first name. You know, she brought the dude that doinked her and dipped, you know, after I was born, you know, so she she brought me up in the village. She born she's from Brooklyn, but she brought me up in the village. My grandmother, she was kind of she owned the gas station, so she had so she used to help out. Where in the village? No, she lived in Brighton Beach, actually. Wow, that's my old. That's where I grew up. Well, she, I know. Oh, you know? I'm going to get to that. Uh I'm going to tell you about your life. My mom, my grandmother lived at the beginning of Manhattan Beach, 65 Oriental Boulevard. You know the white building? Totally. That was connected to the old Manhattan Beach Hotel. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. I love you. Thank you. Anyway, Anyway, back to the arts. Back to the arts, <laughs> back to the weed in Amsterdam. I'm very diversified. So how was it in Amsterdam? Like the- oh, man, I got zooted. Oof. I had a beautiful time. All good, nice people. Man, my boy Alchemist, famous hip-hop producer. He's a young kid to me, but he's actually a man now. But mm-hmm. he came. Mario Caldado, legendary producer. He showed up. with A very nice mix of all kinds of people. So these people know you were? I met a chick, too. Nice lady, Polish. She was Mm -hmm. walking by and she didn't even know it was my show. And she walked, she said she saw it. It was me. And she was like, oh my God, you're one of my like, I was like, oh yeah, okay. What's up? She took me in the alley and stuck her tongue in my mouth. And I was like, wow, thank you. (laughs) Better than a purchase of uh, one of the prints. Yeah, you know, I'm flexible. Yeah. So what would you, how do you compare the weed there to? Oh, look, we got great weed here too. Oh, is this a weed? Like it's. It's partly part friendly. What we like to talk about, yeah. Oh, why don't you say so? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, dip, yo! I got stupid out there, yo. I could, I had to turn weed down. People passing to me left and right. I was like, ah, uh, I need to sit down. <laughs> like between the edibles, <laughs> between the edibles, it was like being in like Willy Wonka's like chocolate factory, but weed. Nah, it was great, dude. I could smoke weed anytime here, but now I actually have a vaporizer I just collabed with, with Timeless, as you can see. Ricky Powell, my signature, famous signature, with the West 4th Street logo on the tip of Rooney. For the real insiders. Easy E from 93 at Rolling Up, from my interview I did with him in 93 for rapping with the Rickster. But yeah, my shit, this 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 oil thing, mm-hmm. it's top shelf. It's very effervescent. You're gonna see. Via time on uh Instagram at Timeless Official. So that's where we can buy it? Uh, I mean you yeah, can't buy it here it. in New York because we're no, still. No, I know, that's but... the thing. They gotta sneak it in when they send me like cartridges and shit. It's weird. I watched that show P D live or some shit on channel forty six and like and they arrest when they pull people over and then like Certain states, like if you get pulled over in certain state and you have a vaporizer, it's no big. You get pulled over in Texas, it's a felony. Crazy. So, yeah, you got to be careful with the boundary lines. Yeah. That's where we're at these days. But smoking, you remember I used to work for a pot delivery service? Oh, tell me. What was that like? In the early 90s, from 90 to 95, on and off. Between them, between that and being the luggage guy for the Beastie Boys, um... You know, they put me on. It was called Stage Left. In case we had to go do a commercial run to, like, an <laughs> office, we'd say, we got tickets from Stage Left if we had to deal with, like, a, a desk dude. But, uh, you know, it was an interesting job. You would go into where? What kind People's of People's apartments, mostly. mostly. It was a clientele. 
And how people would call or what? How yeah, people who got put on by other customers that, you know, they get referred and then they call in and the, and the boss would give the rap. But, you know, and, you know, back then we didn't have cell phones. We had to bring a roll of quarters to use for phone booths. It was, it was raw you didn't dog. You a pager? No, no. It was, it was like Little House on the Prairie days. But it, it was, kept you going, right? <laughs> Yeah, and I did, you know, it was good. I need, I liked having a job. I could be mobile and take pictures. So, you know, one time I went MIA from the job for like an hour to go interview Method Man at Def Jam for his new album, The Tycle or Tical, whatever. To interview him? Yeah, for, for his first album, Tical. But why did you interview him? Oh, for Seconds. Oh, yeah? You know Seconds? Sure. Remember Seconds? Steve Blush. Blush's magazine, yeah. Yeah, he gave me some good gigs. So I interviewed Method Man. He was cool. You know, he said, yo, Ricky Powell, didn't you take pictures of, like, for so-and-so on Def Jam? I was like, yeah, that's me, you know. Did you smoke with him, too? Is it- no, we didn't smoke. But I said, yo, you want to buy some weed? I'm actually working <laughs> for a service right now. So I opened the bag. I had a mess, like, like a photographer's bag, you know. To- and I said, well, we got Mars Hotel. We got the Diggy Wiggy. We got the da-da-da, and he was like, wow. And I said, oh, yeah, I'll give, you know, I'll give it to you for the employee rate. So he bought two bags for me during the interview, and Steve Blush kept it in the interview, oh, which nice. I loved. So I did that, killed it with the interview and the pictures. Went outside, called the dispatch call in, and the dude was like, yo, where the fuck you been? I got three holding, three runs. I'm like, <laughs> yo, Duke, relax. Man, shh. I got it. I got another, you know, relax, dude. I'm killing it. Don't worry. Well, you casually mentioned the Beastie Boys as part of... Oh, uh, yeah, during that through, time. During that luggage time. Guys. I was the photographer, kind of the photographer, you know... Opening act. Fourth Beastie. Didn't you do the like license a stand-up? To license to Ill. Well, License to Ill tour. I was. They brought me kind of along as the photographer or whatever, just... Little comic relief or whatever. But then you open the show. I'm gonna get into that. Oh my god! What are you on? You gonna let me squeeze this out correctly? Okay, go. Wow. Okay. Then in '92, they're like, "Oh, you gotta work this time. You gotta do luggage." I was like, "All right, cool. I don't mind." Because I used to get mad pussy with that luggage cart. Oof. Oh, can I say that? You got me open, Dave. All right. Keep going. So then, so one day, I think we're at Michigan State on the Check Yard Tour, and, like, the kid, the show was, like, in their gymnasium, like an old gymnasium, not the one with the real current team plays, like the big games, like old rickety wood thing, and or was the theater or some shit. And uh, so the BCs, they weren't ready yet, so I kind of just went out there and just sat on the stage with my legs, you know, feet over the, you know, some, you could walk right, and I just started saying, hey, what's up? You know, I'm Ricky, like, you know, I do luggage for them, and, you know, I'm just a freelance, you know, but when they all started, like, the whole crowd started coming, walking up, and listening to me, so I was back being, like, a substitute teacher again, which I was between 87 and 91, official for the New York Board of Ed. I was the cool substitute teacher. Let's, let's get that straight. You were the substitute for the, the cool substitute. One. <laughs> yeah. Cool one. Yeah. So anyway, the crowd was like riveted and asking me questions. So then, you know, I told a few jokes and they were cracking up. And the BC said, yo, why don't you, you know, next time open up to come out and do a few whatevers. And I was like, all right. So then I started coming out and doing a little routine or whatever, just popping shit, smoking weed. Oh, 
There's a documentary coming on. I mean, and the first, it opens up, me walking backstage, coming out to the stage, crowd going nuts, and I'm puffing these fucking cannons. <laughs> and just living that life. You know, you know the, the, the director, current one, Jason Goldwatch? Great kid. He said to me, oh, there's an article. They interviewed him. He said, when I was 14, me and my boys, we went to go see the Beasties in Cyprus, night check in SF. And like, yo, the show's going on. And then all of a sudden, this dude walks, like while the Beasties are performing, this dude walks on stage and just walking around smoking big blunts and like taking pictures and like they're giving him high fives. And I just looked at that dude and I said, that's what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> now he's big time, dude. I had a good dude. I had, you know, I just kind of like metamorphosized everything that's I've done and became and I'm very fortunate, dude. Earlier you were saying it feels like a renaissance now that oh, yes. things are happening I'm for you. I'm in a very, wow. It's, it's seriously, believe me. You're going to blow up. And I, you know, believe me, I've had my highs and lows, my ins and outs, my diagonal perpendiculars. But right now, this year, things are just quote-unquote falling on my lap that I didn't expect. Like, all kinds of gigs and all over the place, you know, and uh, just lately just had, was in a big hip-hop photography show called Contact High for Vicky Toback's book at the Annenberg Photography Museum in L.A., which was psst, off the uh, whatevers. Shit was buck nutty. And then I was in, uh, then Beyond the Streets put me in their show. I have a big thing in there and... Had a show in Amsterdam. I got a couple of other shows coming up, slideshows. I don't know, Duke. Things, you know, I can't even explain. And I'm grateful, believe me. I always appreciate everything because I can't, sometimes I can't believe that I've survived paying, making a living being me because it was never planned. I was going to be a phys ed teacher. Substitute phys ed teacher. <laughs> Keep it easy <laughs> as possible. real career path, man. Snag, whatever. Dude, I feel lucky, but you know, I always feel an obligation, sort of, to be constructive with my acclaim, which meaning I like to give back. I like to inspire people with how I do it, first of all. Be a positive force and just, you know, inspire people to be them. and. Basically, just be a positive, make people happy. I love presenting dope visuals with a, on a humorous tip. So as long as I keep, you know, I'm 57 and a half now. So I saw my, my girl, DJ Versetti, who I love to death, on her Instagram. She had a meme that said, I'm at peace with my past. I'm in love with my present, and I'm excited about the future. I like that, you know. Feeling that. You know, put in everything in the past, because, you know, I had a very... Crazy past. Wiki whack. So let's go back in time a little okay. bit. Okay. I still. How did you meet the Beastie Boys? Because that seemed that was a super highlight, right? I knew uh, I knew Ad Rock from the neighborhood, West Village. First of all, his older sister Rachel was in my class in fourth grade at PS Forty One, the Greenwich Village School. She was a nice girl. Anyway, then, you know, throughout the seventies, I don't know, probably before that even, but they'd keep the, the, the yard open after school for the community a couple hours after 3 o'clock. So you'd see, like, adults playing tennis against the wall, 
you know, little kids running around and then like the teenagers running ball on the basketball courts and, you know, some dudes playing softball, all that kind of shit. Kids hanging out outside the yard, just sitting and So, you know, Harvitz was like five years younger than me, but, you know, we all knew each other from the community and he, he knew me from there. I knew, you know, I remember him when he was a little kid. And uh, just we see each other growing up over the years. And, but five years is a big difference when you're young, you know. If I'm like 15, he's 10. If I'm 18, mm. he's 13, whatever. But I saw he was getting like real cool as he was getting older. And then like, you know, in 85, was it? Oh, yeah, I went to see the Beasties. They had like a little showcase at the Cat Club. Were you there that night? Shit was crazy. Packed. It was right after they got off the Madonna tour. So I said, let me go, let me check this kid, Adam, this little, little Adam from the hood. So you knew he was in the Beasties. That yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. I started seeing him like on Bleecker Street with his little, his girlfriend crew and everybody wearing a, a burgundy Def Jam jacket. And I was like, yo, that kid is fucking cool as heck. He always was real cool, real witty, you know, cool. Always respectful, always good, cool kid, good sense of humor. Anyway, they had the crowd, and it was packed that night. I remember, you know, that was a small club. Actually, I used to live across the street from when I was a little kid on 14th and 4th across some S-Clines. S-Clines on the square. Yeah. Blimpies was like my, my, I ate dinner every night. Actually, and JoJo the Pimp bought me my first football from S-Clines, Johnny United's football. Anyway, so they're making the crowd wait. And then finally, the, the the lights went black, and then the crowd went, woo! I'm right in the front. I got my elbows on the stage. With a camera already? No. No, okay. No, I'm fucking right, pissed, dude, because I had I was right there with my elbows on the stage. Anyway, lights went dark all of a sudden. Yeah, I'll never forget this. The quintessential signature 808 bass drum dropped. Sound dropped. Boom. And then... The snare would kicked in, you know, and then the lights came on and the beasties came out like, you know, like fucking hopping. So they had a live band? No. No. Dude. Okay. What are you trying to do? Derail me? Sorry, go on. I'm sorry. This is the hip hop phase, not the punk rock. Okay. Next. So where was I? I forgot. Oh, God. The the 808, the 808 dropped. All right. So they came out and they were like fucking laughing kind of like skipping around the little stage just having fun slinging beer out of their bottles and the beats were dope and they were like you know throwing out the rhyming jams and I was like wow they look like me you know dressed like me and I was like wow these guys are dope I love it so afterwards I went back just say what's up to Adam and I was like hey yo Look at you. And then he was like, yo, I want you to meet Adam and Mike. And I was like, hey, what's up? So at this point of September 85, it's approximately about a half year now that I've started to shoot. You know, Futura just put me on a, on the team, the East Village Escadrilles, that summer of 85, which you were on. What were you, a pinch runner? Stop. Yeah, I played uh, out. Right field. Yeah, right field. You were a lefty, a lefty right fielder. That's bizarre. That's where they always put the lefties. <laughs> There's no way. So anyway, so we knew each other at this point. And uh, so anyway, then I started, you know, 
hanging out with them, going to clubs throughout the fall of 85 into the winter of 86 when they started making License to Ill. And then, yeah, I go to the Chungking Studios and say, what's up? And, you know, and I was coming up as downtown, you know, as the Rickster. And not that I acted like I thought I was this, I never acted like a Jake off ever or a cornball. As long as no, you didn't have I, the act then as like you do now. Oh, you're a Jake off. All right, so, uh, <laughs> well, you I had to develop so it. Then, it listen, so then summer 86, I'm a fucking froze aid vendor. My first job out of college, I'm selling frozen lemonade on the street. And it's fucking, they put me in Sheridan Square in the week, West Broadway on the weekends. Good location, man. Yeah. But one day, early July, it was fucking blazing, like the Sahara Desert. Nobody was out. I was blazing, and then even with the fucking the umbrella. So I'm opening USA Today, and I see double spread. Raising Hell Tour, Run DMC, LL Cool J, Houdini, Beastie Boys. And I'm just like, I got to be there. Because actually, that spring of 86, they started bringing me to gigs, like, overnight. Like, you, they'd be like, you want to come to Boston? We got a gig. We'll be after... Be, be back after the gig in D.C. And I took some relevant photos. That D.C. gig at the 9.30, very, like, some of my best live shots of them right then. So I quit my job. I rolled the card in, the Froze 8, got on a plane, flew down to Tampa, flew down to St. Fort Lauderdale because that's where I heard they were. And it was wrong, and then I had to, like, hitchhike to Tampa. I went into this hillbilly bar wearing a Yankee shirt, which was not the best idea. But these two hillbillies gave me a ride, which I thought they were going to do some deliverance shit on me because <laughs> they drove off the side of the <laughs> But anyway, they took me, and I got to the Tampa Dome. I knocked on the back of the dome. It's, like, 10 o'clock at night. It's the same day I quit the Froze job or some shit. 8 o'clock at night. I don't know. So... Security guard comes out and goes, yeah. I go, yo, tell Ad-Rock, the Rickster's out here. So he brings Adam, comes out. He goes, yo, what the, whoa, what are you doing here? And this, I'm like, I was in the hood. <laughs> so he brings me in. I'm walking backstage of a, now I'm like, I'm going from clubs. Now I'm in the arenas, right? Personally. Big time. Guys, right. So we walk into the arena, open the door, run DMCs on stage performing. Doing Peter Piper, the crowd's like in a fucking frenzy. And I see Jam Master J suspended in the air with the turntables doing a scratch solo to Peter Piper. And like I said, the crowd is fucking flipping. And I was like, wow, I'll never forget what I said to myself. Oh my God, this this is the big time. And so then after the show, they gave me a, a bed on the tour bus and I went on a little bit of the, about a week or so of the Raising Hell tour. Does well, that answer your question? Yeah, man, you survived. But also, it's you in made a nutshell a famous appearance in in a video as oh, well. Acres man, productions. Yeah, I'm mean, one of I'm the cool nerd in right fight for your right to party. I hate that song. I never liked you do? it. I like it. Why? Ew. Why? I know everyone. It's I never liked that song. I never liked Ricky's theme. I thought it was depressing. You've got to fight for That's, your right. That's ugh. Hated that uh, shit. Yeah. Even I like now? the Beasties hip hop songs. I didn't yeah. like their early rock shit. Although down to No Sleep Till Brooklyn was okay. But I'm not really into that kind of shit. I'm into like George Benson. Yeah. Early George Benson. <laughs> CTI Records days. 
Yeah, well, I was watching, you know, you know, someone was posted a video of Quincy Jones uh, conducting orchestra with Frank Sinatra. Oh, dope. And George Benson, like oh, like 21, Like 22, a young George Benson? Dope. Playing guitar there. Now, that's dope. just like, I had to ask, who was that? Because uh, I just, you know, wow. it sounded so cool. And then someone got back dope. and said, yeah, that was George Benson. Very dope. So then I went to try to find some of the, his, but his own records I don't like as much somehow. Who? George Benson. Oh, yeah. You know, I only light. like one. I only like In Flight, that album. And, uh, oh, actually, I like a couple of the CTI records. They're good. They're good. I, I You know, I DJ. I'm the funky uncle, and I play a lot of the, uh, a lot of soul jazz, funky jazz. Yeah, that's a whole that's other thing. Shit. I mean, so you're very retro at the same time that you're Well, that's you know, intel- out there. that was intelligent music. Yeah, but you do it. You also like to listen to like a little transistor radio. Oh yeah, my Jewish boombox. Uh, you know, I was gonna bring it, but I didn't bring my little. But I usually have it. And you have, you know, but you I, like like old music or. I'm stuck in the old. You know, that's you like intelligent old sports, old Knicks. Yes, remember well, those days? You know, the early, late late sixties, early seventies. That was a magical time across the board, culturally, musically, fashion, just everything. That era to me, that tight little. Late sixties, early seventies to me, like I'm so I'm but you very, were like you weren't barely born then. No, relax, Duke. Have a Kanish. I was I'm born in sixty one, so okay. I remember Make late it Kasha, okay. I know I remember late sixties, but I certainly remember early seventies. Very cognitive. Superfly, you know, when I went to IS seventy, junior high school on seventeenth street, between the eighth and ninth. Across the street on 18th Street was this ill high school, Charles Evans Hughes. And uh, I used to look out the window, especially when I just got to IS-70. I was in sixth grade, which is the 1972-73 school year. And I used to look out onto 18th Street, and I was, all the Charles Evans Hughes guys dressed like pimps. They look like adults to me. I'll never forget that. They were ill. Because they had their, what, like Max, bell-bottoms? Maxi and the, coats and maxi the brimmed hats and okay. the bell-bottoms. And you didn't go for that? You Me? Were, you were already wearing Adidas. Grade. Like, you were still... Dude, I started wearing Pistol Pete Pro Keds and Clyde, Puma Clydes in fifth grade. I was already wearing that shit. I was wearing high-top canvas Chuck Taylors until fifth grade, and then I started wearing... Pro Keds. Pro Keds, suede, the Pete Maravich jammies, <laughs> and Puma Clods. I was, I used to be nice. I used to roll one pant leg up because, you know, I used to be like, you know, had to be a little Puerto Rican to get, you know. <laughs> but you also, you've done so many collabs at this point. You're oh, like yeah. a fashion icon This one today. is from a Japan. Japan. What is it? This company, I forgot the name, but you see the matching wristbands oh, with the hat with, 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 with the- my Husky shot. You know my famous shot with the husky with the laser beams mm-hmm. coming out, which oh, is yeah. actually an elevator reflection? Anyway, yeah, I like I've used that. this picture of this dog I walked when I had Ricky Love dog walking in the West Village in the early to mid-80s. I took this guy's picture, and I've used it many. How many collabs have you had now? It must oh, be like God. a dozen or like more. 50. 50? In my life. Seriously? Yeah, you know, what can I say? You know, I don't try. They just come at me. So what happens? Is that how it works? If somebody calls you? Yeah, because, you know, I've never had luck with having an agent. It's unbelievable. So I just work it. And, you know, friends, friends, word of mouth. Hook you up. 
just from being you out? You know, I like to think that, you You're know, kind of my still, work speaks for itself. and uh, Still know, an underground figure somehow. I right? like being that because, you know, I never want to be a cornball. I never want to have to, like, unless you pay me a lot of money and I only have to do it for a little time. Like, for instance, one time I'm listening to the radio. And I'm passing, like, I don't even think they have any more, like, a jazz light, like, elevator jazz station. So I heard this one song. I'm just passing it, and I hear, damn, that sounds like George Benson, like a George Benson song. He would never do that. So I waited till the end of the song, and then the guy goes, and that was George Benson. With, I was like, yo, how could George Benson go and do some shit like that? But then I said to myself, you know what? He don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. They ain't paying his bills. He's paying bills, so fuck it. So... And nobody is going to remember that, that corny shit. You know, people like me remember the dope shit. Especially the shit he did with Jack Mc, brother Jack McDuff. Oof. That shit makes could... me jump out the window. It's so ridiculous. All right, I'll check that out. So what when you go to do your DJ sets? Uh, they come at me. Like, I DJ usually a lot at Black and White on 10th Street. I love that spot. It's between 3rd and 4th Avenue. Yeah, Johnny T is the owner. Really cool bartender, really nice people that work there. Great sound system for a, a bar. But what are the people, do they say, do they ask you to come up and play, you know, they hit me. Michael Jackson or something? Or Ew. What? Oh, what? I like some Michael Jackson. Uh, no, I don't take requests because I bring my own vinyl. So you're so, in the vinyl DJing. You don't... Yeah, not vinyl. Got scratches in the record. They crackle and pop. And I get gigs. I just did a gig at the fancy Wythe Hotel. And I just did a gig at this new uh, restaurant in uh, Brooklyn, the Baxter or some shit. Yeah. I was there last night. Yeah. Beautiful. With Damn. an outdoor garden. So you got like a whole thing. You got um, photos. Listen, you got DJing. Listen. Yeah. As the lazy hustler, I have eight hustles. All right. Photography, writing, video, apparel, whatever you want to call it, brand shit. DJing. I make mixtapes. They're stupid Still, dope. Yeah, you know that. If you Google now. Ricky Powell mixtapes, they're on SoundCloud and MixCloud. And seventh, I do a walking a walking tour kind of thing. I call it Between oh. Me, You, and the Lamppost, the West Village, according to me. And when I do it, we meet at Patchen Place on 10th Street between 6th and Greenwich. So that's that. You know, I show people where I used to cop weed and you know, get hand jobs in alleyways by discreet older dragon ladies in the 70s. And then what's my eighth hustle? Oh, casual gigolo for older ladies on a <laughs> moderate income. So who comes to these talks? To All kinds tours, of people. Really? Yeah. And how do they find yeah, just, out about it? I do it on Instagram. If I feel like I'm in the mood, I'm like, all right, who wants to take a walk around me and here's hear stupid intellectual shit. I love your slideshow. I mean, I think You're the that, fucking man. You know, have I you seen have. it though? When, Not now, recently. No, but you know what? Now, I incorporate my mixtapes in the background so there's no oh. dead air. It's always, you could be, you know, like before, besides seeing as a as a person in the, in the audience, seeing the visual image that I post, that you know, comes on the, the via the carousel and hearing, listening, looking at me and listening to me. Now, they're kind of like in tune to like what's the next song coming on. Mm. So it's three elements. So you're educating people as well. I talk that's about history. life according to me, dude. That's basically it. And Did I try ever- to like make it funny and funky. Like I have like, psh, you know, Telly Michaels of uh, Ninja Sonic? 
No, I know Telly Savalas, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> Big difference. No. Oh, oh, tell me who, funny. Tell me about him. Oh, he's cool. He's one of those cool black guys who who, who thinks I'm, I'm his nigger. Mm. That's what he says. He gets crazy. I don't even ever say that word, but my last slideshow, he started screaming, that's my motherfucking N-word. That's my... <laughs> I was like, yo, I'm very, very flattered, dude. Cause, and I tell him, he reminds me of like a modern... Like, he could be Bo Diddley's grandson. He looks like Bo Diddley, and he's got the same kind of glasses and looks like him. And, like, he thought I was clowning him at first. Like, Bo Diddley, who's it? And then I said, young buck, you need to do your homework. Mm. You need to know your heritage. And when you see this dude, you're going to be like, oh, shit. So, anyway, I love him. I love having, I love my interracial relationships, friendships. (laughs) They're special to me. Yeah, no, as as but, my relationships with female human beings, it's just you know different people vibing and feeling each other. It's like it's a beautiful thing. And well, I let's really, talk about the interracial for a minute because oh, you know my hashtag interracial harmony. It's a good one. No, just, all right, so go ahead. Got no, because it's it's very much a part of that era that oh my we're God. talking about. Whereas today, I don't know oh how my people God. can really crack the code. That yo, Trump the Trump said in one of his, I get all. He said, there's no racial tension in the U.S. I was like, yo, this dude is a fucking, either an idiot or psychotic. He's like not in touch with reality. Or just he's, dude, he's such a jake off. We're in the world, yo. But you have a big appreciation for the culture as well, not just the people, the music, yeah, everything. intelligence, the art. I have respect art. for anyone, I think, is, is good-natured. I see, because another one of your early works, rapping with the Rickster. Oh shit! Because you know this was early TV, right? <laughs> you're in you're in an episode where at uh, like a Ron English show. Remember that? Yeah. Well, I remember. Yeah, we were talking about my jump shot. And- yes, and the Knicks. <laughs> and yeah, I remember. I I fucking sampled in clips from the, from games. Se- no, no. I clipped when I was interviewing you and saying that shit. I remember I fucking sampled in clips from Game Seven of 1970 into the interview with Frazier fucking stealing from Dick Garrett and going the mm. the length of the court. That, that was a great show. And you know, just Thank speaking you. of, I see some of the guests: Russell Simmons, mm. Dougie Fresh, Harold Hunter, Cool oh, yeah. Keith, uh, Sandra Bernhard, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, oh, he was I, funny. He's still your friend, right? Yeah, I interviewed. He came. You know, there's a documentary being made on my life. Did I mention that? Uh, briefly, yeah. I yeah, want to hear two more years stuff. in the making. Anyway, yeah. we he, came, he got down. Before, he yeah. got down. Yeah, and um, we met in Tompkins Square Park to recreate the shot I shot of him in '87. Like early, one early Sunday morning, he was like working on like a little indie film for like a friend of his who was the director. I was like. Tiny little thing, like four people in the crew type shit. Anyway, he he said, yeah, I'll meet up with Ricky. So we met up at the park. First of all, I sat in front of A1 Records because we were going to meet in Tompkins Square. So they said, all right, first listen, we're going to interview him first, and then you come. I was like, all right, bet. So I sat with my boys at A1 Records on East 6th Street where I get all my records. Shout out to Jeremy and the crew, beautiful people. So I sat there, and then they called, and they said, all right, come over. So I walk into the cor- into the park from the corner of 7th Street and Avenue A, and he, he sees me standing with the crew, and he sees me, and I go, oh, shit, and he goes, oh, shit. 
he starts yelling, yo, my motherfucker, yo. <laughs> How long has it been? Oh, shit. A couple of yeah, Like 30 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know why, but the motherfucker used to come pick me up when I lived on 14th and B in Stytown, and we'd go to Life Cafe and sit there for like hours. And then he came on my TV show. He met me at the fucking, on the East River Drive at fifth, just above the 59th Street Bridge next to the water to be interviewed by me. I'm telling, right? He liked you, man. That's what- I couldn't believe it. I mean, you know, he laughs at all my jokes. If he had titty balls, I'd make him my, you know, my wifey. But <laughs> anyway, we go, yo, motherfucker. And then we just sat down and they interviewed us. And so, yo, we were just getting open. There's a picture of him here in the book. Ramel Z at Madame Rose's. And as I shot that picture of Basquiat as my, at my Frozade stand. You see how, oh, see? You know, Debbie Ullman took that picture of me. I love her. So this book is kind of a little bit of a, uh, the individualist, it's a little bit of an autobiography. Uh, my boy Tono, my teammate, Tono Radvini, put it together, designed it. You know, he did a lot. I always want to give him props. Oh, there's the famous the Louis Vuitton and the dog, the Husky and the Catskills. And that's, no one's ever seen what the owners look like. And there's a little bit of a boutte. Art, that's art. Some of your art photos. Art, are in art, there. art films. Well, you know, but what stands out over time is, first of all, you know, as we're enjoying this conversation uh -huh, and having good. a lot of fun, your photography oh, holds up. that. Yeah, right. So, I mean. Oh, yeah, uh, well, you know, I'm in so the Smithsonian. I'm was, in the Smithsonian and shit, you yeah. know. But well, how did you know, when did you realize that, you know, at first it wasn't, oh, I got an eye, I like this shit I want to do. It was more just. I got into photography out of spite. Out of spite. Just a girlfriend who dissed me. Revenge is great, right? Yeah, Scorpio. It's a big, okay. I just, you know, I just give what I get, dude. That's all. So when you got into photography, was it to show up? Who your What is it, your girlfriend? Yeah, you or? know, she dissed me for a dude with tie-dye yoga pants and crystals and all that shit. You know, it dissed me hard. And I was like, you know, I was fucking mad and upset and all that shit in the winter of 85 going into the spring. And then, like, about a month or two later, I find a bag in my room, like, or somewhere. And, like, I'm looking in. I'm like, what the fuck is this? It's, like, old clothes. And then there's a little short shot. So I said, all right, I'm going to take this camera and fucking show this chick. She played, you know, playing for playing me like a wet tuna sandwich. I'm going to fucking use this camera and become something somebody with it so i started just put it on around my you know it was a small camera and it just started going shooting at art openings and club scene and then all of a sudden doors opened up for me photography i've always said photography opened many doors for me so and then you know running into dudes like you and say hey you want to come shoot for my magazine and shit i was like yo so I remember seeing my credit, Rickster, and I was like, oh, shit. Because I was going for my phys ed degree. I never thought of myself. Shit, I'm telling you, I went from overnight from Joe Schnook into that, Rickster, the downtown photographer. One thing led to another. Whatever is, dude. And how, just, now you really hit the pinnacle at the on the podcast, the Light Culture Podcast. Yeah, this is it. This is <laughs> Wow, where's the peppermint patty <laughs> on the mountaintop? That's, have you ever been to Vancouver? Oh, I've had many shows there, yeah. 
bug out. I got strip searched there in the fucking airport, jerk-offs, having... Uh, getting in or getting out? In, jerk-offs. Well, then why? Because uh, weed is well, kind of tolerated. Pretty nah, I, they found legal. some co cocaine residue on my Walkman. I don't know why I did some lines off of Walkman <laughs> once, and they say, come with us. <laughs> oh, and my girlfriend got strip searched, too. Anyway, that's a whole nother story. Now we got time. <laughs> No, so it's all in the documentary. Uh, did you do a slideshow there too? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it cool. went well. Because that's where my people's from Burb, the sponsor of the show. Oh yeah. And that yes. I liked it there, man. I like it very much. It's a pain in the ass getting there. It's a long flight and shit. Yeah, it's just like L.A. Yeah, you're right. But I uh, I had some great slideshows. Really, like the silent movie theater in L.A. You know, on Fairfax. Yeah. You know about it? Yeah. The one that Charlie Chapman. And I sold it out. Like, me and my boy, Edan, sold out two nights. And Patty Astor was in the front row. And, yo, she was so great in the front row. She well, was Patty, for our audience, who is Patty Astor? Oh, who's Patty Astor? The queen of the scene. Well, her and Debbie Harry. You know, wild style, fun gallery owner, co-founder, cool-ass lady. Movie star, she movie, was in all yeah. the underground films. Oh yeah, what the erotic ones? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I want to see that. The art <laughs> films, man. <laughs> you know, she gets me doofy, goofy, man. I have to behave myself. Anyway, she's just mad cool, and she was just saying ill, funny shit in the front row with her friends. And my baby Don was like doing like little word, uh, little sound effects into my shit. And then my boy Max Pearl, it came from behind the stage. It was like doing shit behind me. Anyway, the crowd was screaming with laughter, which is my goal. Uh, my goal is to have the audience screaming with laughter. That's my dream. Yeah, so tell me just... Uh, it's happened many times. Well, I saw that... I'm very dope. I, I saw a little bit okay. of that. What am I? What am I? You're dope. No, very dope. Very dope. I am very dope. Very this dope. is what I went around saying in Amsterdam. Yes, I am very dope. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but how did you feel? Because I saw that uh, documentary, a, a clip on it opening when you go out on the stage. Yeah, you've you, seen it? I've seen some of it, yes. Okay, how? Uh, through your director. Okay, good, Remember? bitch. Yeah, I hate you yeah. playing stupid. Not, All right, so you saw it. I did. Now, you know what I that's from? I didn't see the finish. That was no. a while back, yeah. That's from my, one of my camcorder tapes. They digitized all my camcorder uh -oh. tapes from the early 90s. No, but how did you How did you have the courage to go out in front oh. of those tens of thousands of people suddenly to do like a stand-up? It was a goof. Anything you like... Didn't care. I just... Yeah, it's fun. I just, you know, we were all about having laughs all the time, goofing. And that's what we did. I was I was very fortunate to be in that position. And then they got serious, though. Yeah. Everyone. Did. Listen, I'm not. But you haven't matured, so you're lucky, man. No, as I like to say <laughs> to the ladies when I meet them, I'm like, especially if they're a little younger than me, like in their 30s or 40s, I always go, well, you like uh, older, immature gentlemen's? And most of them say, yeah, exclusively. And I'm like, well, I'm ideal. And especially if you want to throw a discreet in the beginning of that. <laughs> Woo! Yo, you're a dirty old mofo. You know that? I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, you've had a little bit of a taste of what it is to hang out with Ricky Powell. Wow. The lazy hustler, friend. You always see me sitting in Washington Square Park. Selling weed again? No. <laughs> you're a Jake off. No, actually, I'm just walking around the village. Hit me in uh, Lazy Hustler on, the Lazy Hustler on Instagram and 
I just want to say thank you to all the people in my life who are a positive force that I share chuckles with. I love you. And I'm grateful for anything good. And the ones that do me dirty, drop dead, asshole. Thank you, Ricky <laughs> Powell. Wow. Does anyone do it like me? Thank you. You've been listening to Light Culture, brought to you exclusively by Burb, where cannabis clothing and culture intersect. Please follow us on Instagram at shopburb and subscribe to this podcast at shopburb.com forward slash lightculture, as well as iTunes and all the regular distribution platforms. <laughs> <laughs>